Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome, everybody. Greetings, peace and love. It's another Woke Bros. I'm Michael Jamal Brooks with my Paisan comrade, compadre, brother, Big Waz. Waz, how you doing? I'm good, Michael. How's everybody, man? Good, good, good. Of course, we have the genius apprentice, the evil genius, well on his way to top-level genius, evil genius status, Rob Lopez, steering the ship keeping us keeping us uh, contained in Puerto Rico there was uh, a lot of uh, uh, wild horses on the island of Vieques and sometimes I thought to myself that's me and Waz and <laughs> putting the fence around us so it doesn't get <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um so we got a lot to tackle as always. We're talking, of course, about this college admissions scandal. We're going to talk about – we're going to finally kind of tackle the Manafort sentencing and Schoolboy Q has returned in a time where 
I'm not going to lie. A lot of, a lot of big albums have been released in the last year and I haven't found a lot of them to be that exciting was. So yeah, hopefully this will be a little different. Uh, but first as always, of course, to subscribe to every single count the dings property and find me at the Michael Brooks show, YouTube and Patreon. You're going to want to get in on this, uh, video illicit histories are coming. Uh, and then what you really going to want to do immediately is go get your tickets to the Michael Brooks show live show in LA, April 20th, Anna Kasparian. I know you've seen her on the young Turks. She's one of the best in the game, period, full stop. She's on stage with us. Nando Vila, former fusion host, documentary filmmaker, writer for the athletic world cup host covering, uh, he covered a series on the world cup for Gimlet media. The dude is also, he's the fucking dapper socialist soccer journalist. Come on. And then the second half of the woke bros is fucking was like, insane <laughs> is that show going to be? I mean, let's be real. The whole TMBS team, three unbelievable guests. If you saw the count the ding show at the bell house, you know that when Waz and I get up on stage together, it's ridiculous. Go grab your tickets. Bootleg Theater, April 20th. We'll see you. And then Chicago, Midwest, count the things. What's happening, Waz? May 18th at the Lincoln Hall in Chicago, Illinois, Chi-Town. I'm not going to say Chi-Rat because that's offensive to, like, the black people there. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, man, um, May 18th, we land in Chicago for the Count the Dings live show. Obviously, myself, Habistro, Amin, Zach Harper, Mariano Bivens, Black Trey, you know, of course, the evil producer. We're going to have special guests, as always. In Boston, we had Henry Abbott of True Hoop fame, the godfather of analytical basketball media. We had Pablo Torre of High Noon fame. In L.A., we had my man Jake One pull up and drop some gems on us. New York, of course, like you heard, Michael Brooks, the lovely, the magnificent Taylor Rooks was in the building. I'm still getting DMs about that one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's just uh, Chicago's gonna be dope. Uh, you know, Jade said Boston was his very favorite joint. He just loved the venue, the setup. Um, we were there was back- something about the atmosphere, dude. <laughs> we were all pre- pleasantly surprised by the amount of turnout and love that was in that building in Boston. And Chicago will be, you know, no different from that. So please get your get your tickets. That's May 18th, and that'll be sneaking up on you really quick. So you might want to get that in order. What's going on, everybody? This is Rob just cutting in really quick to tell you all about Chegg. That's right, Chegg. Chegg is a leader in online study assistance. Whether you need textbook solutions or expert Q&A, there is no better tool to help you ace your class than Chegg Study. They have everything you need to make the most out of any study session or breeze through even the toughest of homework problems. Study at home, on your desktop, or anywhere on the go with the Chegg Study mobile app. Now, you see, Chegg, for me, when I was in college, was just a place you went to go and rent books, but Chegg is stepping it up. It's crazy. Uh, Speaking of those same books, or speaking of Chegg helping you out with your studies, uh, you can get online study assistance that will never break the bank. Get more for your money with Chegg Study. Subscriptions are affordably priced and can be canceled at any time. 
when I was in college, I could have definitely used check study a lot to help me out through some of the stuff that I had going on in class, especially everything that involved textbooks, workbooks, things of that nature. You never know when you're going to need a study assistant sometimes when you got to cram for a final, cram for a midterm, whatever the case may be. You definitely want to take advantage of this check study program. And on top of all of that, if you need help with some tough problems right away, you can simply use the Chegg Study app to snap a quick picture of problems not covered in your textbook, then submit it instantly to Chegg's experts. Get a response back in as little as two hours anytime and anywhere. So if you really have something going on that you don't have an answer to, hit up Chegg Study and they will definitely help you out. So if you want to take advantage of the Chegg Study program and get $5 off your first month's subscription, you're going to go to Chegg.com slash B-O-M and use promo code B-O-M. That's Chegg.com slash B-O-M, B as in boy, O as in ostrich, M as in money. Once again, that's Chegg.com, C-H-E-G-G.com slash B-O-M. So we will see you at these live shows. Actually, I mean, it's, it's awesome uh, to meet people uh, and, and do it up. Um, all right. First story on the docket. The, my favorite way of setting this story up is I saw a tweet where somebody used the gif of Ray Liotta and Goodfellas, where he's laughing like a maniac at the bar <laughs> next to Joe Pesci. And it says, and, and the tweet was old money looking at new money. Uh, you know, in the college admission scandal, because right. basically what you have is a bunch of uh, millionaires and, you know, wealthy people who uh, it, it's been focused on a bunch of Hollywood people. But there's 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 hedge fund people. Of there's course, of course. there's you know, it's all sort of like, um, you know, the bourgeois, the new money business class, the nouveau uh, riche. The nouveau riche, uh, basically bribing their kids into schools. And I'm going to say through a variety of mechanisms, through uh, getting test answers, through taking fake tests, essentially, through um, pretending to be on athletic teams and play sports they don't play. I'm going to just be a real dick for a second. And I'm going to just start by stipulating I'm not going to soften this at all. But I will just say straight up, if you apply to the University of Southern California – and you are uh, like poor, <laughs> then you deserve nothing but props and respect. And it's a great school. And that's an accomplishment. On the flip side, if you are a multimillionaire and you still need to do this bullshit to get into a USC, uh, what the fuck here's, is here's the thing with you? Like, here's the thing, Mike. Here's, here's the sorry. thing. No, I'm going to just be a Massachusetts. I didn't even go. Okay. <laughs> Bates, and by and by the way, Bates is a is a very good liberal arts school. That that is a that's a that's a highly respected school. I'm not going to lie, but I am definitely not an Ivy League graduate. But I'm going to do a little bit of fucking New England shit here. Like you're pulling this shit not to get into Harvard or Yale or Stanford. You're pulling this shit to get into the fucking University of Southern California. What? Fuck out of here. And, well, let me just – I'm going to – because I just want to throw to you, but I I'm, I got off on that tangent. But yeah. <laughs> I just think that – you know. but to me, like this is the classic type of story that gets everybody distracted, right? There's even – I saw in one of the um, things in the filing, one of the FBI agents, there's literally a line – I'm paraphrasing of something to the effect of like this is criminal conduct. This is not like – 
getting, you know, buying a building and that, you know, yeah. contributing a building and this influences your kid's application. And it's like, wait a second. The whole system of legacy admissions is literally feudalism and actually goes back to when, you know, the first wave was when the wasps were like, yo, it's getting opened yeah. up. Too many fucking Jews are coming in here. Facts. And yep. then the black people and then the Hispanics and then the Asians, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That has a, literally a monopoly capital and white racial caste system origin. And then on the other hand, there's all of the legal things that make it a totally rigged system. You know, like these parents are engaging in criminal conduct, but everybody knows if you, you know, affluent people have, are pulling a million, you know, there's the whole bullshit testing industry, that whole massive scam. And I just think like what this should remind everybody is, first of all, don't take it as about a an isolated problem. It's a systems problem. It's a problem of capitalism. It's another thing that blows up the meritocracy myth. Meritocracy doesn't exist. And also the last thing I want to say real quick, I'm seeing idiots on Fox news and everywhere else being like, you know, what's really sad about this is that this teaches the young people that lying and cheating is what gets you ahead. And it's like, you know what? Oh my God, Fox news. If you want Young people are not lying and cheating gets you ahead. Well, put Donald Trump in jail, break up the fucking banks and totally reorganize our economic system. Because until then, in fact, if you don't have some cheat to you on some level, you're a sucker. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just no two ways about it, right? <laughs> just the idea that we're in the predicament that we are in as a country, as far as our government is concerned. Uh, just <laughs> just the idea that oh, this proves that she, no, that's already been proven. It's it's a fact, and, and as a matter of fact, it's a, it's been a fact of this country for going back hundreds of years, right? Like that's how a lot of these people got got through. And and like you just mentioned this. This particular subject is catnip for so many people for so many reasons, especially just the 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 concept not the concept but the the the, the system of college ad- admissions just in general. Um, and again, I say this all the time, but I'm black, <laughs> and so <laughs> and so college admission standards. Yeah, right. College admission standards has this very special place with me because I've listened to so many white people. And then, of course, there's Asian people, too, constantly bemoaning the concept of affirmative action and how black people are getting ahead and getting over and well-deserving, well-meaning students are getting screwed by the blacks because we're, you know, we're feeding them affirmative action. Um uh campaigns and all of this shit and it's just like guys <laughs> like with everything else that's fucked up around here in this country the blacks didn't do it <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, it's, it's just like it's just hilarious it's just the, the idea that the black that black people are the ones that are somehow benefiting from some huge system in america just it's just hilarious and this just you know pay so much lies to that uh, with, with this case where it's just like, no. And the dude Stringer, he described this so beautifully, right? He's like, look, there's the front door, applying and getting in. 
There's the back door, the legacy shit, the people that know everybody who are the board of trustees and this, this, that, and the third. That's the back door. He's like, I'm introducing y'all to a side door, right? <laughs> that's what he called it. He said, now, this is the side door. This side is, door. This is, this is me getting in touch with some water polo coach. And again, you know why this is, you know why this is so fucking rich, Mike? Tell me. It's because something like water polo or something like lacrosse or something like, you know, one of these ultra white sports, right? The only reason those sports are allowed to exist in the way that they do, that, that they can afford to pay for scholarships, to pay for these things is because of the money generating sports right. that are predominantly black sports, college basketball, college football, all the money that is generated through those sports, through TV deals, through sponsorships, through this, this, that, and the third subsidizes those white ass sports. Right. That then get used as side doors for white people who aren't even good at the sports, for real, for real, to get into these elite schools. And so it's just, it's amazing. It's just fucking amazing, dude. Like when you really put all the pieces together and you see how the shit actually works, right? Like just, I don't know. It's just, I've like, there's certain things when you're a black person, they come out of other people's mouths different to your ear. You know, words like ghetto or, right. you know, something like the word monkey or affirmative action. It's just one of those words. Whenever I hear it come out of a certain type of person's mouth, I already know where they're going with it. Meaning, you know, it's not meritocratic and, you know, uh, black people are just getting handouts and this, this, that. Like, I've been hearing this shit basically since high school. Because college admissions, especially at a school like mine, St. Francis Prep, was just like, the point of the school was getting into college. So right. it was ever present. This concept that there are people who are so well-deserving, who aren't getting their fair shot because black people are taking all the opportunities. And so for, for something like this to come out, and then, you know, Mike, you realize how, like, egg-headed our community is, right? Like, this was <laughs> the number one topic to every single oh, person that you want social, totally. right? Totally. Like, start totally. to realize what your bubble is, right? Like, if you're a factory worker or, you know, a carpenter or some shit, like, we don't know that many people like that. All the people we know are intellectual to pseudo-intellectual pseudo <laughs> <laughs> right? All right. college-educated, all who, like, this shit is, has been front of mind their whole life, right? The school that they went to is such a huge part of their identity and all of this shit, so... This subject matter is like, you know, so interesting how it all unfolded. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. I just, I mean, two things I just want to add to that before we go. Everybody should take this opportunity. I'm going to hit you guys on the side to put this in the show notes. But anybody who uses social media should just be blasting out. There's a piece in both Vox and The Root reminding everybody of how Jared Kushner got into Harvard. And I'm just going to quote now. This is a quote from 2006. There's a book by Danielle Golden called Price of Admission, which is all about the backdoor, basically, like of how legacy admissions and all of that works on that end. And he just said, my, bu my book exposed the grubby secret of American higher education, that the rich buy their underachieving children's way into elite universities with massive tax deductible donations. It's reported that New Jersey real estate developer Charles Kushner had pledged $2.5 million to Harvard University not long before his son Jared was admitted to the prestigious Ivy League school, which at the time accepted about one of every nine applicants. 
Um, his GPA, and this is from one of his uh, a former uh, official at the Free School in Paramus, New Jersey, where Kushner attended. I'm just just give me one more graph on this because this just hits it. His GPA did not warrant it. His SATs did not warrant it. We thought for sure there was no way this was going to happen. And lo and behold, Jared was accepted. It was a little disappointing because there were a lot of other kids we thought should really get in the merits and they did not. And that's, of course, amazing because like you're talking basically about, you know, those are like lawyers and doctors kids, let alone like kids that are actually excluded and, from the system. And, and, and but, th- but this is, this is why, and, and, and Mike, this is everything that we talk about every single week, right? This is right. why we have such harsh critiques of capitalism. Cause it's like, at the end of the day, something as important as a Harvard university admittance will never just be left up to all the kids who it merits, right? Never. It's too Never. valuable. The capital is going to get involved. That's how the entire system works. It will ne- like unless it's and because this is a private industry, you know, um, Harvard University, uh, it can't be regulated by our government. Which again, you know, our government's regulated by the money anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I'm just saying, like hypothetically speaking, right? Like how this would work? Something this valuable would be regulated quite tightly, right? To, to ensure that the Jared Cushions of the world, it's like, yo, your dad is somebody who is able to make essentially a $2.5 million donation to a fucking college university. Not to buy his house, not to do this, not to, just a fucking tax, right? He can afford to do that to some college just so, you know, just because of vanity purposes, essentially. And that's what this is for somebody like Kushner, is just vanity. Well, that's like the other thing too that's so ironic is like these, these schools will buy you a brand name and a social network and then and the truth is, is if you're like Jared Kushner didn't need to do a fucking thing, anything he like he, didn't he need could to have went to that, Rutgers and it would have been just fine for he him. He could have not gone anywhere because right. it just <laughs> perpetuates itself. Right. And then right. and then the other thing, I mean, like what you said is totally true. And I mean, this is about how, you know, affirmative action, all of that, because I mean, first of all, like we were joking on the show the other day and I think maybe Maddie actually was the one who said it. But like. I will take a property being given to me over a couple of points <laughs> because I might be a person of color. Like I'll take the property as my affirmative action option. But right, no. Like, I think I think the like the other thing though is, but it's the classic like, you know, that's where it is a both ands type of thing because you know there's plenty of white people certainly in today's world and economy. Like they're not getting through the back door or the side door. Hundred percent. And the only question is: is is Jared Kushner their enemy, or do they get? You know, in fact, actually, the Malcolm X like hoodwinked all of that. Like the hoodwink is the racism and the bullshit. Always, it literally is. It always is, and it's like, are you going to be a fucking moron and listen to some, you know, and watch Fox and? It's just the idea, it's just the idea like that logically somebody could actually think that black people were keeping them from something in this country, <laughs> like the most disenfranchised, oppressed group of people 
<laughs> you know, in do you know in all of history, damn near the black people in this particular country could be keeping could be the only thing keeping you away from riches and benefits is insanity. Like, how do you how yeah. could you think this is possible, right? And that's what this you know, and that's why this is important. Another thing, I do want to step um uh uh step up for USC here. For, for just just for what because it's not just you, Mike. I've seen this all over the internet with people like, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you did all of that for SC. Here's what I'll say about SC. And by the way, even Wake Forest too. I'm sorry, this yeah. type of bullshit should really be reserved for. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on. It's like, what are you doing? Like, he's like, here's, like, here's what I will say about way to get a deal on a fucking Kia. Like, stop it. SC is the school where the moneyed people of Los Angeles send their kids. That's true. And so if you are somebody who's knocking on that door or you're nowhere near that door, you do, and you are an Angelino, you do want your kid to go to SC because the type of networks that they will be able to build over there is is incredible. And by the way, that's always been the case, right, with SC. Like, when you watch the OJ doc, they were just like, yo, OJ got his football scholarship, but where he really got on his bullshit is when he got to SC and he got to rub shoulders with a certain type of crowd. And so, that's what you're paying for, right? Hey, like, it's you know what? Work- I hear you, but It's still. not the world-class study. It's not the world class research facilities and all of that. Hell no. Hell you know, oh yeah, because, yeah no. I mean, you know, you're right. There's no doubt that Yale doesn't have networks in DC. It's more of a small regional school. Get out of here. Everybody has networks, but you know, SC has its own certain special appeal to a certain. Yeah, look, type I, of- I actually have a lot. Of, like, I almost, I never went to graduate school, but the only program I ever applied to, and I I was fortunate enough to get into, and part of the reason I didn't go was actually because it would have left me in such an insane hole, but it was one degree from London School of Economics and one degree from USC in the communication school. I mean, I I have a lot of, I'm I'm not, again. Just to go this length, I understand. Wealthy, (laughs) you're not legacy. And you get into anywhere, I have enormous respect for that. Course, I'm saying, course. like, you know, I mean, come on. Just saying, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, you're going a bit far to go to this, you know, I mean, basically, uh, basically Los Angeles, St. John's, you know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. And St. John's is all respect to St. John's and to yeah. Fordham, but I never heard of any New Yorker being like, yeah, I paid. <laughs> I dropped two million dollars to get the Fordham. No, no shot. <laughs> Stop no shot. it. admissions, which means if your parents went to Brown or Harvard or, 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 you know, UP, you can go. But it's interesting because the idea of legacy admissions is racist in nature, and I'll tell you why. It started in the 20s to keep out upwardly mobile immigrants who had started pushing for admission to elite schools. Yeah. And I think that that is a very, very bad system, legacy. Why should your kid get in because you got in? Yeah. 
Okay. Well, well, the only thing I will say That's is not when fair. it comes to I didn't have any. I was the first person in my whole family to go to college. Military academies. Military academies. My my family goes back generations at the Naval Academy, mm-hmm. and that's service to your country. So I would push back in that in that part of it because my grandfather, great grandfather, my brothers, they all served their yeah, country. Yeah, but if you don't have the grades, why should why should you? They did have the grades. My brother did, but I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of the fact that my family's legacy is at the Naval Academy. My father's buried there. I'm not talking about your family. I'm talking you said about legacy. I'm talking about the policy of where legacy admissions came from. I'm very, I'm keep, very proud of my family's legacy at the Naval Academy. And Jews, probably, out of the colleges. Well, let me say that's I mean, what it's about. Yeah. Just the one yeah. quick thing. I got it. Go. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Paul Manafort. Um, so, Paulie uh, was hit with um, a much harder sentence. Actually, I don't have it in front of me. Rob, do you have it? Uh, for well, the, it's, they're saying they're saying um, eighty months, and since he's since he's already done nine, they say so that knocks it down to seventy-one, which basically amounts to about seven six years. So right. six years. So you know, from the original three and a half to four that we got, it's actually you know six plus, and then. You know, because New York charges. Yes, and then the, the hammerage. Yo, how you get indicted right after sentencing, man? God. Well, so he exactly. So he got indicted. I think that for real estate fraud and a couple of other New York City charges. Now the and the key thing about those, right? He can't get pardoned on those. Mm. So that's the real like fuck because yeah. I, I I would not preclude the possibility that you know he's kept his mouth shut and the Republican Party and is what it is. Trump I, I would Trump might pardon him straight up. Right. right. So but those New York charges, if you're Paul Manafort, I mean this is you a problem. looking real hard right now. And and the thing is, man, <laughs> and and the thing is all for what? Right? Like and and, and well it's two things. One this shows me that like they're really going after these people. Like in in a way that like it makes me think it's personal for them. Like they are throwing the book at this white collar crime and I haven't seen it quite frankly. Like I don't remember the last time our government was just going after white collar stuff like this, right? Which makes me think like they are serious about the 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 or they just feel personally just offended by what this administration stands for right um it, it just shows me like man you know normally it's like yeah we sending this guy to jail for 4 years for this and you know it's over secondly um none of this would be happening if he didn't join this dude's campaign Definitely. Like, it's just, it's so crazy, right? Like, you open, like, you were able to, and it shows you, like, how much bullshit is going on within the system. Like, he's able to operate in the system, in the shadows, work for different governments, do all kinds of shady deals, do all kinds of money laundering, and, like, there's nobody really after him. But once you put yourself in the middle of the spotlight for people to actually know, oh, this is what you're doing for a living? Man, he opened himself up, and now he's going to jail, man. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, but I think, again, that's – that's well, just real quick, though. I mean, I don't know because, like, the first judge said that he lived an exemplary life until this point, which is fucking awe-inspiring because literally this dude setting even aside all of the crimes has – going back to the 80s, they called his lobbying shop 
like the the torture lobby. Like he is worked for and supported on every continent, every type of obscene U.S. backed regime imaginable. So that was a disgusting comment from that Republican judge who did actually choose to give him a pretty light sentence. And I do want to say, like, you know, as my thing is always in these conversations, like, of course, it's like, wait, the woman who voted by accident gets five years and Paul Manafort gets less time. That's racism. That's disgusting. And then at the same time, my argument is everybody should be getting less time. So, you know, I just want to be careful about that argument. But that being said, um, you know, moving forward, like it just it's another one of these cases, though, where exactly like you said, if he did not um, if he did not fuck up. And I think I think my understanding is he took the Trump job because he was having cash flow problems because Mm. his clients dried up. And the dude he was advising in Ukraine had to flee. And so he saw it as an opportunity to like restart. To so open up business, business again. Yeah, it's exactly. like, look, I got a guy who might win, win the presidency. Exactly. Like winning. I'm back in the game here. But I think that exactly like the truth of the matter is, is that a ton of people and political consultants from both parties travel the globe from, you know, Ukraine, Bolivia, the UK, Nigeria, and, you know, definitely, particularly in developing countries, they advise, um, you know, in some cases good, but in a lot of cases, really bad candidates and parties and always in ways, almost always that, of course, like are synchronized with the interests of U.S. corporations, U.S. foreign policy. And it's a very dirty business. And so, like, and of course, not even to mention all of the lobbying money from you know, the Emirates or Israel or Russia that's floating all around Washington. And so, you know, definitely like as an example, like like Tad Devine, who was a Bernie advisor, he worked with Manafort in Ukraine and Tad Devine's done a lot of sleazy shit in his career, but he's never done anything like criminal, right? Like Manafort right. is like a gangster. Right. But on the other hand, I just think it's it's a it is another one of these things where it's like don't forget the systems. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, yeah, this dude's a mega scumbag and he's connected with this mega scumbag administration. But actually, you know, the business, the, 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 the or whatever, that's yes. a bipartisan big business game. Yeah, exactly. And and again, it, and I can't I can't <laughs> emphasize this enough. Right. Uh as criminal as Cheney and 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 Rummy and 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 Carl Rove and all these guys, they were bad guys. You know, in the case of Cheney, got hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people killed, harmed, maimed with the wars that he perpetuated and all of this shit. They were smart enough not to commit crimes. Maybe you could say they did war crimes, right? Like maybe you could say that, but like they didn't commit actual crime. I think they right. did commit crimes, but they didn't commit like Cohen brothers crimes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, like, the Bush, I mean, they did like leak in a CIA agent's name. Of course, name, of like, course. Punish of somebody. Course. That's legal. You know what I'm saying? Of course. They, they didn't do shit like, hey, we fucking know that you met somebody. Do you want to confirm that you did? No, I didn't. <laughs> It's just <laughs> and and again, like the stuff that's like and and in the case of 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 Cheney, it's like why do I have to money launder when I'm putting Halliburton on my fucking tax right. returns? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, right. what's the what's the point of even doing that? But again, it's just to show you, like, there's just elements of penny any criminalism in all throughout the whole damn administration. And uh, and again, that's not to say anything of the last two Democratic candidates, um, candidates, right? Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Again, somebody like Ram Rahm Emanuel, uh, Robbie Mook, who has one of the most punchable faces in America. You can <laughs> say what they want, what you want about these people. They didn't. They're not criminals. Well, like I mean, they're not. It's like, well, they're not petty. Like, it's the difference between. Like, like, how do you feel? But how do you fill your whole entire staff with these people? Like, your whole from well, the work to them. the tutor, from the top to the bottom, bro. It's well, it's gonna work for him. Well, it's yeah. gonna work for him. There you go. I mean, I there think, and I think, yeah, that's like, look, it, it, it's like the difference. Look, if you're gonna say that the fact that the Obama administration got a ton of campaign contributions from Wall Street and Silicon Valley, and that that didn't influence how they did things and favored those interests. You're just being totally naive. And now as a point of contrast, if David Axelrod was going to jail and Obama's lead attorney was testifying in front of Congress for plagiarizing, and then there was a photo of Obama with a woman who owns a bunch of massage parlors. It I think just, we all know how that would turn I out. I mean, it would be ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? President Obama's a fake news. Are you kidding me? There'd be a million men. There'd, there'd be a mi- there'd be a million a million honky march on Washington, bro, tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow that that would have happened yesterday so you know it's just important that we note these things that, real, real quick because i'll say, let me let's just put on the table like 98 percent is like that's just purely racial right like donald trump as a fucking bloated white devil can like barack obama needs to be basically perfect and donald trump can basically like, oh, this guy joked about wanting to fuck his daughter. No problem. On the other hand, or not even the other hand, just like the other 2%, there are some things about Donald Trump that I'm just like, I think that that's just like an only Donald Trump gets away with that. Kind oh, a hundred, a hundred. Even like Bush, Clinton. I'm like, I agree yeah, you know what? That would be a pretty rough week for them if they got photographed with a human trafficker probably and their top aides are going to jail like you know yeah it wouldn't work as well for them and but you know what it is and 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 you know what it, you're right about mike is that that essential donald trump like they think he's different than a politician yeah. Yeah. and as my man ethan likes to say he's like but he came in calling himself a crook he right. came in saying like i know the system's rigged because i was part of the people that was involved with it right I know how this messed up thing works because I partied. He came in admitting to that. That's part of the shield on him, right? Like somebody like Barry or even W, like these guys came in with a certain sort of patina of like properness of, you know, capital P politician, uh, uh, Trump just didn't have none any of that. He 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 spared them of those illusions, which they were very happy, right? Like they were very happy to not have to cast a ballot for a dude like Mitt Romney, you know? Because like, if you are from Mississippi, Louisiana, you know, down country, like true through and bl- through a uh, red Republican, 
Um, the idea of riding with a guy like Mitt Romney has to make your skin crawl. Like that guy, right? That waspy prick, like <laughs> him, that Yankee, like no, 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 no. Like that has to, you know, offend your sensibilities in a way that Trump's gruffness and just like I'm a crook and I call, I grab women by the pussies and this and this right. and that. It's it speaks more to them, and that's not even. I'm not even trying to diss them. I'm just saying, like that that, that attitude is, is just a better fit for those people. Definitely. And I, yeah, without a doubt, because I just, I do, again, it's, it doesn't undermine the bigger picture of what it is, but it's just like, you know, it's a clown show. It's a lot of shit with Trump where it's just like, okay, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, 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 of course this is the case. Like if Donald Trump invaded Iraq, he would just be like, "We found the weapons." Like the Bush administration <laughs> lied about the weapons. They hyped the intelligence, and then they right. created like this. I mean, still, you know, still the in a lot of ways, the Bush administration is still worse than Trump because of things like that. But you know, it's like it's like the difference of like we're gonna we're gonna manipulate the intelligence, we're gonna lie, and then when it isn't there, we'll spin another scenario. I mean, yeah, Trump and, would be like Trump would just be like, no, we we found them. Yeah, and there, and it's and true. Liberal media is photoshopping them away. Right, um, right. Yeah, and and you know the difference is. Or uh, like I never said they were there. The, the difference <laughs> is feeling like you don't need to actually be right on anything. You right, know, like you know, really, you know what it really got for me was was like. It was not one of his like highlights when he was running because definitely by his standards, it was like pretty tame. But I played it still on the show because it was just like, you know, he was for a couple weeks, he was talking about Libya. That was like one of his lines. He's just like, in Obama, Libya it was a disaster. And, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, a fucking demented racist clock is right once every sure. fucking three months. You know, yes, yeah. it was right. He, it was a disaster. Hundred percent. And so he's on one of those, you know, like I don't remember, you know, ABC morning type of shows. And he's sitting in the studio and they're like, and the host is like, you know, you've been talking a lot about how bad Libya, you know, you say the policy on Libya was. Trump was presented with statements he made five years ago supporting the use of American military force to ask Muammar Gaddafi in Libya, despite Trump's frequent claims now that he's always been against that kind of intervention. Here is a sense over the years of what Trump has said about this topic. He said I was in favor of Libya. I was, I never discussed that subject. Gaddafi in Libya is killing thousands of people. When you say I supported it, I supported Libya? Yeah, you supported the intervention in Libya. I did? Where, where do you see that? We should go in. We should stop this guy, which would be very easy and very quick. We could do it surgically. You okay. were for intervention. Just to clear that up, I was for doing something, but I wasn't for what you have right now. We would have been Rubio. better off if the politicians took a day off instead of going into war. We should do, on a humanitarian basis, immediately go into Libya, knock this guy out very quickly, very surgically, very effectively. You said you weren't for intervention, but you you were for intervention in in Libya. I I didn't mind surgical, and I said surgical. You do a surgical shot and you take him out, but I wasn't for what happened. I could have seen surgical where you take out Gaddafi and his group. I was in favor of Libya. We would be so much better off if Gaddafi were in charge right now. 
here's a clip from you in 2011 talking about what we should do about Gaddafi. And it's, you know, it's just this fucking embarrassment. Like it's literally <laughs> Trump tower. And he's just like, you know, like I've dealt with Gaddafi. In fact, he found that he was in a really bad deal when I was done with him. And we should go into Libya and liberate the people. And it will be easy. It'll be no problem. And President Obama should do it, blah, blah, blah. And then they go back to the host and he's just like, so how do you square that with what you're saying? And Trump, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically literally just sits there and is like, yeah, duh. What I said was it would work out great and it didn't. So it's obviously not my position. <laughs> like, like, yeah, in my scenario, it was great. And it yeah. was what are you and, talking and, about? Like, and so what? Like, why would I stick? Why would why would that still be my position, even though it was my position? It didn't work I out. That's not how this works. Everything works out great plan, and it wasn't great. So, so then it's not mine anymore. Follow it. <laughs> Amazing. Q, uh, he tweeted on one of his, I think it was Instagram. Yeah, it yeah. was Instagram. I think that's his social, his preferred social. Uh, that he, you know, he's coming out with some new stuff pretty soon. I think tomorrow, either tomorrow or Friday. And, um, you know, I think it's right on time, honestly. For me, Schoolboy is always my favorite TDE member because he was the most, like, rawest, in my opinion. Um, he was like unafraid to say like crazy shit, so, and that, and that's what I liked about him. You know, he talked about his prior drug abuse history, and you know his his issues with the law and this this that and the third. He just seemed like a raw dude, like an exposed dude. You know, talk about growing up without his dad. Um, and his first two albums were great albums, in my opinion. You know, um, and so. I'm happy that he's that he's dropping again. I think it's much needed. And for somebody like him, who he's 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 a bit reclusive. Like you can tell he doesn't like public life. He doesn't even like recording music realistically, but he realizes that it's his job. Like this is well documented in interviews. Like he's not somebody who like, for instance, like Kendrick Lamar, right? When he's making music, when he's making his album, he's in every single mix session. He's in the studio every day. He's at the Masters. He's doing everything. Like, he is so meticulous. Each part of his work, he is ensuring that it's to his liking and satisfaction. Whereas schoolboys, like, he does his vocals and he goes home. You know, but he just happens to be mega talented at it. So I'm always excited to hear what he has to say. Uh, And, you know... He's a, he's an artist who's always presented his growth as far as like you know he's a father now he's affluent now he's this he's that and I'm always interested to hear the growth and the development of of different artists so I think this project is going to be you know well worth the listen from everybody. Yeah, I agree. I've always liked him too. I'm not as deep into it as as you are, but he's in he's in this kind of lane like. Very, very different, but I think especially I, I don't I, I I like a certain sloppiness more than I used to, I realize. And I think also some qualities that I didn't realize in retrospect that I really loved were actually a certain like even people that I thought were like, oh man, you know, like I'll just I'll just tick off the big three. Like, oh Biggie's so, you know, slick and he was, but 
he's also really messy. And actually, even yeah. Jay, whose whole brand is built on how cool he is, is actually, if you're really listening, he's very vulnerable. And certainly Nas uh, actually has a lot of that, you know, yeah. as well. Um, but also someone now like, you know, as an artist, I like Kodak Black a lot. Um, yeah. I like that even in his like party songs, like a Travis Scott, I still feel like I'm hearing like it, like almost like the, like the blues when they're yeah. like, like, talking about, you know, like, fucking partying in Miami or whatever, but there's a rawness to it. Right. And I hear that in Schoolboy Q and, you know, on top of that, I, you know, there's been a lot of great individual things this last year. Like, Again, I, obviously, I think the Nas project with Kanye is mostly a failure. But Adam and Eve, as a as an individual record, that to me is in the pantheon. I have learned to just respect Drake through just <laughs> sheer like, you know, come on, I can't be an idiot. Like he puts out good albums and God's yeah. plan. Like it's a great record, you know. Right. Like that found its way a lot during the summer onto my playlist. Um, then obviously I loved what Pusha did and I thought that was a great, you know, that was a great diss and I like him and all of it, but you know, it's been really anticlimactic, you know, mostly I haven't gotten into the Solange album yet. So maybe, you know, I, I'm always optimistic listening to her, but there's been a lot of like, whoa, like this is coming. And then it's like, eh, all right, whatever. And sure. so I'm hoping that he, you know, this is the one that we're waiting for and it connects. And, you know, I really think it might be. So I'm ready for it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I would tend to agree. Like, I, I enjoyed the the, the, the Two Chains project. Um, I think it's like... It, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's like a classic album, but it it absolutely is to me the best album he's ever made, which is almost you know damning with faint praise because his his albums before were were a bit underwhelming when you consider like the big singles like type of stadium song that he has that he had before them. Uh, so you know, I enjoy, I enjoyed that. I, I love Solange's album. I'm I'm still getting into it. I'm still getting the rhythms of it, but I love it. It's something I know that is going to stay with me for a long time. Uh, yeah, I just think I think people don't realize that Schoolboy's had like a pretty big career already. Um, songs off for of Oxymoron, like these he's had multi platinum songs on Oxymoron. Blank Face had a bunch of big songs, so he's like a very big artist. It's just he's not omnipresent like that. And to be quite honest, like his release is on the level of a Two Chains. It's on the level of a Solange when you talk about just sheer uh, commercial success. And so, um, you know, I'm happy that another event album is coming out, and you. Know, we can have fun with it. Yeah, I'm completely with it. And uh, maybe we'll be uh, playing it uh, at the bootleg theater before we come out for the team. Oh, yeah. Why not? I'm sure there'll be some joints on there that I want to play for sure. Uh, definitely. Um, it was, although from at the at the Bell House, it was all Buju and Chronic oh, 100%. That was all that's I awesome. wanted. <laughs> all awesome. reggae, all reggae. I mean, it's Brooklyn, so you know that's that 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 yeah, goes hand in You know, I have a question. Here's the thing. I don't I don't want to open up this whole other thing and we got to end in a minute, but sure. like every time I hear like a lackluster release from some great artist who like has all the time in the world and everything, I I always wonder to myself like 
Vibes Cartel is in prison for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> and every week, not like, you know, I mean, there's a huge variance, you know, like now, sure. you know, if you've listened to Vibes, there is a point where it's just like, all right, now the bass drops. Now he goes, now you put that girl. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, there is a product consistency. So yeah. what the fuck? If Vibes Cartel can do it, I mean, but the thing about Vibes Cartel is he's truly a singular talent, like like a generational talent as far as musical output. Um, There just hasn't been a lot of guys like like it's a fair. And I know what you mean. Like every week, this guy's a song out or whatever. He's been locked up. And I mean, literally, like that's not real. Maybe every month is the real number, but it could actually be every week. Yeah, and 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 somebody like you know, not that Rihanna's album is gonna be uh, uh is gonna be whack, but she's taking three years plus between projects, right? <laughs> so it's just like this guy's dropping a song a week that's that's heat, and you know you have artists who taking all this time off. It's you know it's interesting. I think artists just get, especially when they get glommed onto a certain vision of what they want to do. It's no longer about making sure each song is perfect and tight and this and this and that. It's more so of serving this bigger, more macro vision of the project that they have. And I think people get bogged down in that shit rather than just making 10 filthy songs, right? Um, And maybe your concept doesn't come together the way you envisioned it, but artists, man, they get stuck on this idea of cohesion and the bigger message of the the work and this, this, that, and the third. And I think sometimes that's what gets in the way of of, of just great, you know, song after song after song after song of greatness. Right. Whereas like vibes is just like, I'm putting out a, a banger. The project is I'm in the club <laughs> and we dance. Um, so actually, do you ever see that Vibes Cartel clip where he's on Jamaican television and the guy, this is what I love is like, this is like 2009 and the dude asked him with a straight face that there's rumors that he sold his soul to the devil <laughs> and Vibes is just literally like the devil have bank accounts. Like, I just, like, took it very linear. Like, how did the devil get me the money? Like, how does it work? <laughs> he just shattered the whole the whole argument with just, like, you're ridiculous. Are you out of your mind? Damn, Vibes, he's a very uh, good – he's a very good example of the, like, uh, the, the guy who's, like, totally ignorant but smarter than you. Yeah. Like, that's always his press strategy. Like, I haven't seen that much of it, but it is like these moments where he's like, I'm not even going to deny this or get into a debate with you. I'm just going to basically show that you're a moron, but also sound like, you know, super reckless while I do it. Bro, they have com- they have phone conversations of this guy literally carrying out a hit. <laughs> like literally, literally carrying literally. out an assassination, bro. Like, yes, that guy, yes, gun him down on my behalf. Like, holy crap, bro. Do you? Just I mean, that's, a, I feel that's <laughs> other wild thing. Like, like, oh, like, God. like, Buju. Like, everybody gets caught up in you know, no doubt, like really awful records, which, you know, to, again, he literally wrote, he's like 15 years old and sure. doesn't perform anymore. But like that case is ridiculous. Like Buju Banton is not a fucking cocaine trafficker. He's right. literally like bragging 
and trying to like he's just bullshitting with a fucking like sleazebag FBI informant. Of course, who goes to but whereas vibes and like I am the no, first the vibes, one to want vibes to be innocent and I'm Mister Free Everybody. But that you know what when I read about the vibes case. It's like Dave Chappelle in the in the Michael Jackson sketch where they keep saying like we have a photo of his penis and <laughs> I'm just like damn. What about Michael saying it's okay to have children sleep with him? That don't mean anything. I'm sure there's plenty of kids that sleep in the bed with their those all the time and nothing happens. So do you think Michael Jackson is guilty of the charges against him? No, man. He made Thriller. <laughs> Thriller. So you'd let your children sleep with it? No. <laughs> like you are dead to rights, bro. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a lot of evidence. <laughs> but yeah, free, free cartel though. Um, yeah, right, right. Uh, make sure you guys get your tickets. Make sure you guys get your tickets to the bootleg, man, for the bootleg on 420 in L.A. I know everybody in L.A. is going to have plenty of vibrations that day, but make sure you get your tickets and show up to that. Of course, May 18th in Chicago at Lincoln. Um, make sure you pick up the tickets to that. That's going to be amazing, man. The weather's going to be warming up. It's going to be nice, man. I can't wait. Absolutely. Uh, get your tickets. Subscribe to all of the Count of Dings properties. Subscribe to the Michael Brooks show. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next. Oh, and write bomb feed a review. Uh, tell people about this show. Because uh, you know that this, the Woke Bros is going places. And the entire bomb feed without any question. All right. Thank you, Waz. Always love you, man. Thank you, Rob. You're the best. Thanks to everybody in the broader universe. Appreciate you. See you next week. All right. Peace and love, y'all.